Contemporary artist and essayist Hito Stale writes that free labour and rampant exploitation are the invisible dark matter that keep the cultural sector going. This labour, Stale points out, is largely performed by women. That women artists are paid a tiny percentage compared to their male counterparts is uncontroversial. It is quantifiable. In the art world, there are countless examples of women who have either sacrificed their own work as artists for their partner's work or been a silent co-creator. Think Camille Claudel to Rodin, Jean-Claude to Christo, Lee Krasner to Jackson Pollock, Cousy van Bruggen to Klaus Oldenburg. Many, many unnamed and unknown women. The word that we use to describe these women is not artist. So much of the time it is muse. Now the role of the muse is something to which many women have aspired. Like any other fairy tale, though, it is more glamorous in the story than in real life. Much has been written on the ways in which women, reclining nudes in 100,000 paintings, are the passive recipients of the male gaze, looking away so that they may be looked at. How much work does it take to be looked at like this? Perhaps John Berger captured it best when he wrote in Ways of Seeing that a woman must continually watch herself. She is almost continually accompanied by her own image of herself. What I am interested in here is the labour of that doubling and its implications in our world, in the art world. It is a paradox of visibility and invisibility, visible bodies and the invisible labour of this visibility. It is not contained to the studio space, to museums or to the apparently closed vault of art history. It bleeds into our lives. In the art world, an admittedly privileged and rarefied space, this logic reigns there's something about the mystique of creativity that allows us to make a whole lot of exceptions, to draw a big circle, a big space of exception around the great white male artist. An open letter published late last year stated, we are not surprised when gallerists romanticize, minimize and hide sexually abusive behavior by artists that they represent. No, we are not surprised. No, I am not surprised. The art world is populated by women bearing up under a relentless gaze, silently accepting the erosion of personal space, tolerating, if not supporting, the expectation of the provision of physical, intimate and emotional comfort on demand to those who make great art, or buy great art, or sell great art, or decide what art is great. I have worked in public institutions for a decade, and my earliest jobs were beset by this peculiar double bind. Some said to each other, and then to me, that I had only got the job because the director wanted to fuck me. Funny, I had written male director here, and then realised that there was no need. At least in my country, there has only ever been one female director of a major art institution, and she left long before my time. I wasn't special, I was not alone. Every young woman who joined the gallery was told that, and it was other women who trafficked in these degrading comments. Perhaps they sensed that there was not room for many women in positions of power, and they were simply trying to defend their hard-fought and one status. After all, if there is only room for one token woman, how hard will women fight each other for that scarce space? But without knowing it, they were setting in motion an institutional logic, a form of emotional manipulation that served to extract more labour from us. It implied that we were not qualified, we were unworthy of the work, we were lucky to be there at all. So we had to fight to defend our merit. It ensured that failing at any part of our jobs meant capitulating to a story of unworthiness, to being lightweights. 
So I was never not available. I was everybody's work wife. My boss's real wife would introduce me to people as her husband's life support system. This is not exactly reproductive labor in the sense that Silvia Federici meant it when she said, they say it is love, we say it is unwaged work. It doesn't take place in the home, but rather in private interactions displayed in public spaces. It functions as an open secret, which is a contradiction in terms, but still accommodates the curious ways in which the private and the public overlap and intermingle, whether in the gallery or the bedroom, or the painting of the bedroom on the wall of a gallery.